Okay, inshallah, let's begin the study of hadith. Send salat on the Prophet wasallam. so you receive the mercy of Allah. Kitab al-Zakat, bab number 24, bab al-Sadaqa Chapter al-Sadaqa, charity, tukaffiru, it expiates al-Khati'a, sin, a wrong action. Meaning, charity erases sin. This is the benefit of charity. And remember that sadaqa over here doesn't just refer to voluntary charity, but also obligatory charity, which is zakat. So one of the benefits of giving zakat is that it erases sins. حدثنا قتيبة حدثنا جرير عن الأعمش عن أبي وائل عن حذيفة رضي الله عنه. So this is the sanad. All right, this is the chain of narration. قال قال عمر رضي الله عنه. So حذيفة رضي الله عنه. He said that Umar رضي الله عنه once said. And this is when they were sitting in a gathering. So there was حذيفة رضي الله عنه. And some other companions, and Umar radiallahu anhu was the khalifa at the time. So Umar radiallahu anhu asked them that ayyukum yahfadu haditha rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama anil fitna. Which of you has memorized yahfadu, hifz? Which of you has memorized the statement of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil fitna about tribulation, about trial, fitna? قَالَ حُذَيْفَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said that قُلْتُ أَنَا أَحْفَظُهُ كَمَا قَالَ He said, I memorized it exactly as he said. Now you notice here, حُذَيْفَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ had also memorized the statements of the Prophet ﷺ. You know, the thing is that we find very few people who have memorized the Qur'an. But in our tradition, people don't just memorize the Qur'an. They also memorize the hadith. And not just the hadith, they memorize different texts. Recently I met someone who has memorized the 40 hadith. And then they were memorizing some other books also. And I was amazed. But this is something that is a part of our tradition. So he said, I have memorized it exactly as he said it. قَالَ إِنَّكَ عَلَيْهِ لَجَرِيءٌ Umar radiallahu anhu said to Hudayfa, that indeed you are very daring. That you can claim that you have memorized the words of the Prophet ﷺ. So how did he say? Meaning what did he say about fitna? قَالَ قُلْتُ حُذَيْفَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said that I said, meaning I narrated the hadith over there, that fitnatu rajuli fi ahlihi wa waladihi wa jarihi tukaffiruha salatu wa sadaqatu wal ma'roof. Fitnatul الرجل The fitna of a person Meaning a man's trial And inshallah I'll explain the meaning of this Fi ahlihi Regarding his wife وَوَلَدِهِ And his child وَجَارِهِ And his neighbor تُكَفِّرُهَا It expiates it It erases it What? الصَّلَاةُ وَالصَّدَقَةُ وَالْمَعْرُوفُ Salah Prayer And charity And ma'roof Ma'roof meaning what is good and right. So the good deeds, such as salah, sadaqah and ma'roof, they erase the fitna of a man with regards to his wife, child and neighbor. So he quoted the hadith. قَالَ Sulaiman. Sulaiman said, 
Now, who is Sulaiman here? Do you see the name Sulaiman in the chain? No, you don't see it. Sulaiman is actually Sulaiman bin Mihran al-Amash. All right, his actual name is Sulaiman, but he was more known as al-Amash. Do you see Amash? Do you see Amash? So Amash was a well-known, famous scholar of hadith. All right, and you see this name in the chain. Something about Imam Amash, he used to narrate hadith to children. Not only children, but he would narrate hadith to children. And sometimes he would be criticized that, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. And he would not care about that criticism. He would still teach hadith to children. It is also said that Imam Armash was not very good looking. It was well known that he had physical certain deformities also. But his wife was very beautiful. And she married him only because of his knowledge. And there's a story about how one day his daughter was looking at him, just staring at him. And so he asked her that, what is the matter? Why are you looking? I mean, she said that, I'm wondering, how did my mother marry you? So uh, this is well known about Imam Armash. The point is that he was so well known for his knowledge, right? Uh, you see his name here in Bukhari. And he's narrating these words of the Prophet wasallam. So قال Sulaiman, Sulaiman ibn Mihran al-Armash, he said about this narration that قَدْ كَانَ يَقُولُ He used to say, who used to say? Abu Wa'il. Alright, because see, he's taking the hadith from who? Abi Wa'il. Right? عَنِ الْأَرْمَشِ عَنْ Abi Wa'il. So he said that Abu Wa'il, he used to say, الصَّلَاةُ وَالصَّدَقَةُ وَالْأَمْرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِيُ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ He would also narrate the hadith with these wordings. You see the difference in the wordings? As-salatu was sadaqatu wal amru bil ma'rufi wal nahyu anil munkar. Salah sadaqa well known, amr bil ma'ruf to command what is right, and nahyu anil munkar is to forbid what is wrong. So both versions of the hadith are there. And here I want you to appreciate their truthfulness, that even as they're narrating hadith, they're mentioning a slightly different version, because that has also been narrated. So anyway. قَالَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said that لَيْسَ هَذِهِ أُرِيدُ This is not what I mean. This is not the kind of fitna that I'm asking you about. Not this hadith. وَلَكِنِّي أُرِيدُ But I want أَلَّتِي تَمُوجُ كَمَوْجِ الْبَحْرِ I'm asking you about the hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the fitna that will تَمُوجُ that will go like مَوْجِ الْبَحْرِ like the waves in the ocean. That will spread like the waves of the sea. Meaning, you're telling me about fitna that a person faces at an individual level. I'm talking about major fitna that will spread everywhere. What's the hadith about that? قَالَ قُلْتُ حُدَيْفَ رَضِي اللَّهُ عَنْهُ said that I said, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ بِهَا يَا أَمِيرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بَأْسِ That all leader of the believers, you don't need to worry about that fitna, about that tribulation. Why? Because بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهَا بَابٌ مُغْلَقٌ Because between you and between that tribulation is a closed door. مُغْلَق, locked actually. Between you and that tribulation is a locked door. So you don't need to worry about it. قَالَ Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ asked Hudayfa that فَيُكْسَرُ الْبَابُ أَوْ يُفْتَحُ Will that door be broken or will it be opened? قَالَ قُلْتُ لَا بَلْ يُكْسَرُ He said, it will be broken. قَالَ فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا كُسِرَ لَمْ يُغْلَقْ أَبَدًا Umar رضي الله عنه said that 
This means that if that door will be broken, it will never be closed again. What does that mean? Then fitna will keep coming. قَالَ قُلْتُ أَجَلْ He said yes. فَهِبْنَا أَن نَسْأَلَهُ مَنِ الْبَابِ Now, who is speaking over here? Shaqiq, another narrator. He's saying that we were scared to ask him, ask who? Hudayfa رضي الله عنه Who is that door? Who is that door? فَقُلْنَا لِمَسْرُوقٍ سَلْهُ So we said to Masruq, you ask Hudayfa. Right, we're too scared to ask him, you ask him. Like sometimes you're too afraid to ask the teacher something yourself, so you send someone else. قَالَ فَسَأَلَهُ So Masruq asked Hudayfa that who is that door? فَقَالَ Umar. He said it was Umar رضي الله عنه قَالَ قُلْنَا فَعْلِمَ عُمَرُ مَنْ تَعْنِي Did Umar know about that? قَالَ نَعْمْ He said yes. كَمَا أَنَّ دُونَ غَدٍ لَيْلَ Just as there will be night before tomorrow. Meaning we know that before tomorrow comes there will be night. And just like that, Umar knew that that door was, was who? He, himself. وَذَلِكَ أَنِّي حَدَّثْتُهُ حَدِيثًا لَيْسَ بِالْأَغَالِيطِ And that is the hadith which I related to him without any errors. Now, what exactly is happening over here? There's a conversation. Umar radiallahu anhu is asking the companions about what they remember regarding tribulation. What the Prophet ﷺ taught regarding tribulation. So Hudayfa radiallahu anhu mentioned the hadith, which refers to tribulation in at a personal level, at an individual level. And this is the reason why Imam Bukhari has brought this hadith over here. But Umar radiallahu anhu wanted to know about tribulation at a mass level. So let's look at the first hadith that Hudayfa narrated. That fitnatul rajuli, the fitna of a man regarding his wife, child and neighbor. What does it mean by that? We learn in the Quran that وَجَعَلْنَا بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ fitna That we have made some of you a trial for others. So people are a trial for one another. They're tested through each other. And we see that in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that وَنَبْلُوكُمْ بِالشَّرِّ وَالْخَيْرِ fitna That we test you through evil and through good. So there are some people in our lives who we are very close to. We get a lot of benefit from them. But at the same time, they also make us cry a lot. Or they annoy us. We can feel in different ways. Some people cry, some people get annoyed, some people get angry. So the same person can be a source of joy and also a source of pain for you. Correct? And when that is the case, what happens is that there will be times when you will make mistakes and harm them, right? Sometimes inadvertently, unintentionally. And there are other times when you will be harmed by them. Isn't it? And the thing is that the closer you are to a person, the more likely you are to harm them or hurt them. Correct? So the fitna of a person regarding his wife, what is that? What is that? When, for example, he says something to her, that hurts her. Or when he is not able to give her what she deserves. When he is overly strict with her, for example. Doesn't need to be, but he is sometimes. Or sometimes when he doesn't recognize her situation. We all experience this in, in our relationships, right? Then fitna 
with the child. What is that fitna in regards to your child? Have you ever picked up your kids late from school? Hmm? And they're hungry, they're hot, they're tired. Have you ever been upset with your child and later regretted? Hmm? Okay, those of you who don't have children, have you ever felt hurt because of what your parents did or said? Yeah? Has it ever happened? Or you have perfect relationships, mashallah. It happens, right? I mean, sometimes you remember what your dad said when you were three years old, when you were ten years old, and it still brings you tears. Did your dad mean to hurt your feelings? No, he was teaching you. Or maybe he didn't even realize. Sometimes you say something to one child and the other child comes and says, that's not fair. That you gave him chips and you're not giving me those chips. So it happens that unintentionally, you fall short in your duty towards your spouse and towards your children. You fall short. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ fitna. That your wealth and your children are a trial. They're a trial. How? That sometimes they create difficulty for you. So, for example, they annoy you. They say something annoying. They're constantly whining. They're, they're so needy. They're so dependent on you that you feel frustrated and you take that frustration out on them. Hmm? So, and later on you have a heavy heart. You feel guilty. You regret. And sometimes they bring you so much joy that your salah gets neglected. Isn't it? It happens with so many mothers that they're praying maghrib. Alright? And the children are waiting for dinner. So the question is, do I pray my sunnah or do I give dinner? So it happens. Where they sometimes stop you from the dhikr of Allah. So there are times when you hurt them and sometimes they hurt you and then you hurt them more in, in response. So this happens. What about the neighbor? Because the neighbor is also mentioned here. Are there times when we inadvertently, unintentionally annoy our neighbors? Like how? Sometimes a noise, sometimes a smell of food, hmm? sometimes a smoke from the barbecue, sometimes the way we park our cars on the street, sometimes our guests, pets, or if we don't mow the lawn, then the weeds are just growing and they're affecting their yard also. In, in an apartment, when the children make a lot of noise, it happens. So then what happens? We see here that all of these minor things are erased by what? Salah and Sadaqa, Amr bil ma'roof wa nahi anil munkar. The words of the hadith are fitnatur rajuli fi ahlihi. Fitnatur rajul. Rajul is man and when ahl is used for a man, it means his wife. But this doesn't mean that a wife doesn't fall short in her duty to her husband. The Prophet ﷺ was perhaps addressing the men over here and this is why he mentioned this. But of course, each person needs to see. Siblings are not mentioned here. Other uh, relationships are not mentioned here. Each person needs to analyze themselves, right? That where am I falling short in my duty towards the people who are around me? So the good deeds, erase them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that إِن تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ That if you avoid the major sins, then your minor sins will be forgiven. They will be removed. But Umar radiallahu anhu meant something else. He wanted to know about a different kind of fitna. So Hudayfa radiallahu anhu said that you don't need to worry about it because there's a locked door. Meaning it's not happening in your lifetime. 
And what was that locked door referring to? Umar radiallahu anhu, which is why it said it's broken, because Umar radiallahu anhu was killed. And then after him, the ummah was in instability that we're suffering from even today. Right? Which is exactly what he said, that once the door is broken, then it will not be closed again. Alright, anything you'd like to add? Yes. Armash is taking the hadith from who? Abu Wa'il. So when Armash would narrate the hadith, he would also say that Abu Wa'il would sometimes say this version. So this is why in the hadith we see both versions. One with the mention of Nahir al-Munkar and the other without the mention of Nahir al-Munkar. So it's translated as sub-narrator. So I guess the main narrator is Hudayfa radiallahu anhu. The companion is the main narrator. He's the one who is narrating the hadith from the Prophet Okay? And then after him, the other people are like sub-narrators. Okay? Go ahead. So yeah, this is a whole discussion that Hudayfa radiallahu anhu had with Umar. And then Hudayfa radiallahu anhu mentioned this discussion to other people. But in this discussion, is there a statement of the Prophet ﷺ? Is there? Yes. And this is why it's called a hadith. And this is why it's narrated. Okay, next. Bab, man tasaddaqa fi shirki thumma aslama. Man tasaddaqa fi shirk. Someone gave sadaqa in shirk. Meaning, while he used to do shirk. Before he became Muslim. Thumma aslama, and then he became Muslim. So the question is that, what about all the charity that he gave as a non-Muslim? Will that count? Will he be rewarded for it or not? What do you think? Yes? His sins are also converted into good deeds. Then what do you think about the good deeds? He will be rewarded for them. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد حدثنا هشام حدثنا معمر عن الزهري عن عروة عن حكيم بن حزام رضي الله عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله he said I asked I said O Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم حكيم ابن حزام is a companion and he asked this question that أرأيت أشياء كنت أتحنث بها في الجاهلية that what do you say about the things which I used to do as worship in the time of Jahiliyyah. Yatahannasu, tahannus is to worship. It means ta'abud, to worship. So, what do you say about the things I used to do as worship, as good things, in the time of ignorance, meaning before I became Muslim? Which things? Min sadaqatin, of charity, aw'ataqatin, or freeing slaves, wasilati rahimin, or joining the ties of kinship. Fahal fiha min ajrin, is there any reward for all of that? قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, أَسْلَمْتَ عَلَى مَا سَلَفَ مِنْ خَيْرٍ You became Muslim with all the good you did in the past. So this is a blessing that when a person accepts Islam, then Islam erases all of their sins and the good deeds are preserved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anfal that قُلْ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِنْ يَنْتَهُوا يُغْفَرُ لَهُمْ مَا قَدْ سَلَفَ that say to those who disbelieve that if they cease, then whatever they have done will be forgiven. Meaning they'll be forgiven for their wrongdoing. Then that means that their good deeds will be preserved. And also we learn in a hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that my mercy surpasses my anger. Bab ajril khadimi ida tasaddaqa bi amri sahibihi ghayra mufsidin. Ajril khadim, the reward of a servant 
when he gives sadaqa bi'amri sahibihi at the orders of the owner ghayra mufsid without spoiling it what does it mean by this that if someone is working for another and the boss basically tells the employee give this amount in charity give this amount in charity so he gives that amount now the employee is giving that amount in charity it's not his money that he's giving in charity it's whose money the money of the boss he's just delivering that money so does he get the reward for it yes just for delivering that check for example all right just for collecting that money and making that transfer it's as if he gave all of that money in charity himself but there's a condition here two conditions over here firstly the command of the owner the owner says give this money in charity and secondly ghayra mufsid without spoiling it all right without spoiling it meaning he doesn't give it to spoil the wealth or that wealth is not spoiled itself okay so for example there's rotten food expired food so that would not bring any reward حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد حدثنا جرير عن الأعمش عن أبي وائل عن مسروق عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عائشة رضي الله عنها narrated that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إذا تصدقت المرأة when a woman gives charity من طعام زوجها from the food of her husband غير مفسدة that is not spoiled كان لها أجرها she will have its reward Whose food was it? The husband's food. Who bought it? The husband. Right? Or with whose money was it purchased? The husband. But now she is giving it in charity. So she also gets the reward. كَانَ لَهَا أَجْرُهَا وَلِزَوْجِهَا بِمَا كَسَبَ And for her husband is also a reward for what he earned. وَلِلْخَازِنِ مِثْلُ ذَلِكَ And for the custodian is the same. This means that The husband will get the reward even though he doesn't know that that food was given in charity. But the wife, of course, gave it with his approval. She knows that he would not mind. Alright, he would approve of it. So he gets the reward for it. She gets the reward for it. And if the servant is sent to take the food, alright, he's sent with the food, then the servant will also get the reward. You see what's happening here? Husband is bringing the food. Wife is giving it in charity. How? She gives it to the servant. Take it to such and such place. So how many people are getting the reward? Three people. So what does this mean? This means that every person involved in giving charity or in delivering charity is rewarded for that charity. Isn't this a beautiful thing in our religion? But sometimes we take it as a burden. If someone asks us, please put that money in the sadaqah box for me, you're going to the masjid. I would say, not me. Please give it to someone else. Sometimes people do that. They hesitate. Or sometimes, you know, someone wants to make an online donation. Your mom wants to make an online donation and she doesn't know how to make that donation online. So she asks you, can you please help me? Right? But that will take 10 minutes of your time. So don't worry. Those 10 minutes will not be a waste because if she's giving those $200 or $500 or whatever in charity, it's as if... You are also giving it in charity. 
Now, there's a few things over here that we must understand. First of all, one possibility is that the husband has allowed his wife to give something in charity. All right, he has commanded her. He has told her that okay, you know, this food, give it in charity. So what should she do? She should give it in charity and she will get the reward. The second possibility is the husband has said no. Do not give this in the food bank. I want to eat that food myself. So then should she give it in charity? No. She should not. Because it belongs to him. The third possibility is that she believes that he will allow her and he will be happy with the fact that she gave that in charity. So what should she do? She should give it in charity. The fourth possibility is that she believes that he will not allow that. So And he will not be happy if she gives it. Then should she give it? No. The fifth possibility is that she's really unsure. Then what should she do? She should not give it and she should find out. Now this is with regards to the husband and wife, where the wealth belongs to the husband. What if there is a different dynamic, like there is a boss and employee? Then in that situation also, same thing. And it, it's not just limited to food. This refers to other things also. So for example, you're doing a cleanup of the house, all right, and you see that your husband has a lot of shirts. All right, so you say, okay, 10 of these are going today. Can you do that without his approval? No, you can't. Same thing with the husband. Can he get rid of her stuff without her approval? No. If it's her stuff, if it's his stuff, you have to take the permission of the owner. You cannot say, well, this is going in charity, don't be selfish. Right? A person has a right over their wealth and they have the decision to do what, with their wealth what they please. So you cannot take that matter in your own hands. Okay, inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Any question? Of course, if he says, do whatever you want, it's okay, that's fine. But again, there's a condition, غَيْرَ مُفْسِدَةٍ غَيْرَ مُفْسِدَةٍ There's two meanings, remember? One is that it should not be spoiled, and the other is that it should not be done with the intention to spoil the wealth. Alright, because some people, they become very, you know, they have some other problems, and then they take them out in bank accounts, right? through bank accounts. So uh, we have to be careful. If we want the reward, then we have to do things the right way. Sometimes our intention is very good. But our way should also be good. Inshallah we'll conclude here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.